And basically what decided the race was at the top of the, of the third climb, uh, because we dropped, me and Stian dropped Thibaut. He was maybe 30 seconds behind. I think Stian was starting to feel really tired and dizzy because he was taking some wrong turns and making some you know, stupid mistakes uh, too often. And he was at the top of the third climb that he took a wrong turn. Um, he wanted to get back on the trail, but instead of you know turning back and going in the right direction, he decided to jump off a wall and he got a bit injured because he's, he got a big bruise and scratched his leg. So he wasn't able to run well anymore after that. And I had already packed him um, going for, for the final distance. kind of want to say welcome like if this is like the first time that we are doing this like uh we don't have a name yet uh maybe we can uh so receive ideas about a name for this uh that we are gonna say is gonna be like a talk you know uh so basically welcome to all the guys who will be hearing this uh and my name is max kid i'm a co-founder at bird that run i'm also a coach at bird and here I have my two friends that are gonna do, that are going to introduce themselves. Uh, so I leave you to them. Yeah, let's leave the most important word to the end. So I'm Moy. I work at Vert, and um, I'm longtime friend with Max. Uh, partnered on, on adventures for many years, and now we're partnered in business, I guess. Um, and yeah, we just basically we just like running, and we're working hard to make a life out of the thing that we love um that's me cool and my name is francesco francesco puppi i'm from italy and uh, i'm the last one to join bird i was first uh, in touch with moi who asked uh, me to write a training plan and collaborate with them and then our collaboration kept growing and growing and i ended up working with them uh trying to develop our awesome trail running community and make trail running accessible for everyone, inspiring people to get out on trails and train and have fun as much as we like. And today's episode, um, of, like I guess it's a kind of pod podcast thing, so we can call and call like an episode. And we would like yeah, yeah, to sure. the, I don't know, a weekly or a monthly series. It's going to be uh, about my experience at the Golden Trail uh, series final uh, just last week in El Hierro, Canary Island. So I will let Max introduce a little bit what the Golden Trail series is. Um, maybe I will add a little bit after, and then we will talk about my experience. Yeah. Uh, as so... you can, uh, as you can, just a parenthesis. Like we are so prepared and um, for this uh so uh, if somebody's listening as you can as you can hear you know we like really like have put a lot of uh preparation um we we're getting into it 
So one step at a time, it's like an ultra. You start easy, you finish strong. Um, so yeah, yeah. Ahead, there's probably, yeah, there's probably gonna be some issues like uh, maybe the sound is not the, the, the best, you know, and like, uh, yeah, you, you guys will have to forgive us, uh, but we are trying our best here. So, so yeah, like, uh, like as Francesco was saying, uh, we would like to start, you know, this type of like talks uh, with, yeah, about a little bit uh, like the Golden Trail series and of course, like your performance uh, at the final. Um, but yeah, like, so I think this is the second year of the series, right? Or am I right with that, Francesco? Second, second year? Uh, so it actually started in, back in 2018. 2018 was the first uh, edition of the Golden Trail series. Uh, that it kept growing so, in 2019. Uh, last year, it didn't actually happen. Uh, it was held in the form of a championship on a stage race, which was in the Azores Islands. And this year, the series came back and they managed to do all their six races, um, except like they, they had to substitute some races because it was not possible for everyone to travel and some races got canceled, of course, due, due to the pandemic. But um, the Golden Trail Series is back. It was a, it's a great circuit. Um, so basically like how it works is that um, there is a series of six races plus the final. And you can get points uh, by placing in those six stages uh, and qualify for the final. So three races out of six count and uh, runners can take part in all six races, but only the three best results uh, count for the final. And the in the final, the best uh, 10 uh, athletes ranked uh, after the first six stages are invited. And this year final was in, in Helquero, uh, Canary Island. It was supposed to be in Patagonia, which I was really excited about. Yeah, but really. um, it was not possible to travel to South America for most people. So they decided to move it to Helquero, which definitely didn't disappoint. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forgot actually that the, the K42 was actually the final. But uh, yeah. yeah. And what you would say about maybe not like the ethos of the series, but like about like the core. It's like it's. I know, you know, there's a lot of iconic races and in the series, like, you know, they used to be like Segama, like in the States is like a Pikes Peak and maybe like the final, it's not like a well-known race because I think they do that specifically specifically for the final, but like leading up to the to the final, there is like Sierra Sinal, there's like all these iconic races that you can you can do with the series, so... I think most of them are around like 30, 40 K. It's not like an ultra type of uh, distance, but uh, they're all in like super competitive. Like they have so many guys and girls like running so hard, like from the beginning. And, and I believe that um, this is, I mean, it's becoming one of the, maybe the deepest, at least in, in terms of like competition series, uh, if we compare it to like, I don't know, like sky running, or other types of like short races um, or short type of races like uh, like the WMRI and stuff. Um, so if you can talk maybe a little bit about what you like about the series and what, because you have been doing this for the last 
few years and, and why do you think it's becoming like a like competitive and competitive and bigger and bigger every year yeah for me the main reason for doing it is because there is such a deep competition and such iconic races um is my favorite there is Mont Blanc marathon there's Zagama there is Pikes Peak marathon all all the greatest basically the greatest and most famous short trail races in the world uh the series is um six races it's between 20k and 42k so what is defined as short trail um it's really competitive because a lot of teams um salmon scott uh Huka, nike and other teams uh, really want their runners to compete and there is uh, great communication, there is great visibility and good price money also, which is, uh, you know, I think it's the most interesting addition to our little, still little trail running world in the recent years. It's a great project and I hope it will keep growing. There is uh, also, there is already some exciting things coming soon, um, coming next year. Um, so I think it's, uh, a circuit that is worth doing both from an elite point of view and also for you know runners of all levels who can enjoy such a great competition and environment and run side to side with a lot of people good people yeah yeah i i i see the the golden trail series as the profess the professionalization of um the short distance um like trail running category basically uh, there is this mixed messaging that exists you know the people think that trail running and ultra running are the same stuff but they're actually not the same thing and it's very different to run an ultra an ultra marathon like the UTMB for example than running a race in the golden third series and there is not many athletes who can perform perform well at both type of races besides a couple of athletes maybe um and it and this is because of like the specialization of the athletes so the circuit you know like the the golden trail series is like it's a circuit that is just basically for specialized athletes in the short distance and like i i, I have nothing to do there like and many ultra, ultra runners have nothing to do there like like it's just another sport another world um and it, it's important that like it's in, I guess, I, I believe that it's important just to, to mention, you know, that the sport is like growing and at the same time, we're having these specializations in the sport. And, and the Golden Trail Series is basically the holy grail of, of fast trail running. It's just the most professional circuit and with some, not, not, not all of the best athletes because you can't have them all, but like some, most of the best athletes yeah, um, for, for, for sure, trail running races and and that specialization is is gonna keep developing you know like the same happens with like vk athletes like vertical kilometer athletes and and ultra runners and so yeah like basically we're talking here with the king of the short distance trail running globally yeah i 100 agree like we like to define trail running as one sport but it's actually different sport uh, under one level because you know the distances the elevation the type of course can be so different and at the professional level at an elite level specialization is 
is very important and is totally necessary. I think there is only like Jim Wamsley and Killian, Killian Jornet who can expect to run well both <laughs> in a hundred miler and in a race like Chelsea and they showed it and they proved it. So uh, it's not it's not for everyone, but it's it's really yeah it's a great environment and I would suggest everyone trying at least once. Yeah, it's another type of suffering. You suffer for a short period of time, but you suffer way more. <laughs> yeah, it's a way different <laughs> Like I like you know when I run like oh my goodness, man, it's so it's so hard. I, I I haven't done any of the races of the circuit, but I do like short races sometimes and dude like it's like running a 10k you're like yeah you know for me so coming hard. from a road running background and track and field it was probably the most um straightforward thing to do to you know start with mountain running and also wmra world cup races and then move a little bit up to golden trail series races it's been a, a good growth for me as an athlete i think i learned a lot and for now, the, the plan for the next years is to, you know, keep improving in this distance in these races because there is still a lot of that, that I want to accomplish, and uh, there is still room for improvement. So, it's motivating and uh, it's fun. Yeah, I think one of the important messages here um, is like I, I know a lot of people coming to the sport always wanna want to run an ultra or like they even want to like debut with a 50k or something they they wanted to i don't know they want to try a 50 mile without having run <laughs> not even like a mountain marathon before so with like serious like this um and as you mentioned it you don't have to be like an elite runner to do it uh, i think it's great that they are giving like visibility to all these amazing races that you can do they are like not not, not like an official ultra, you know, even though it can take forever for some guys, like I think doing like a 30K or like a 40K, it's so fun. Like, and the other thing is like, you can do more of them. I mean, like in a yearly basis, it's not like you have to like train a lot for an ultra and then spend a couple of months recovering from that. So you can do like a whole summer of like medium to short races. And I think it's great, like having more people uh, going after this and just realizing that this is just, uh like another part of the sport basically i mean it doesn't mean like you have to do just one type of race but uh it's also nice to see that you have more chances i mean you have more opportunities you know it's not all about running an ultra i think yeah, yeah it doesn't matter the distance i think it matters what you put in the race you're preparing for like as an athlete i think there is no better feeling than feeling prepared for what you're doing like and these type of races really allow you to train very well and very specifically and be prepared and know what you're doing so it's it's a great feeling and uh, it's a great project and i would encourage even ultra runners i uh it's i i just remember um what head and hawks wrote after finishing top 10 in this year's years in all you know hayden hawks is a is an ultra runner is 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 run western states this year he finished top 10 in Sears and all, and he really enjoyed the experience. In, in an Instagram post that he wrote after the race, he was encouraging everyone to run 
even short distance races because they are so useful, so much fun. There is a good level, good competition, and it's really the heart of the sport. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And like talking about more specific, you know, can you tell us a little bit about how this uh, year, in terms of like the series, like the build up to towards the final, how was for you? What what races did you do, and how was in compare to last year? Like with the because you also went to the final, but I think this year you were more prepared, maybe had more experience, so you arrived to the final a little bit. I don't know if you would say in good shape or not, but maybe you you arrive a little bit uh, uh, with the the peace of mind that you already know you know how to how to run this type of race and and have and have fun doing it. Yeah, so I think for me, like every good race starts um, from a failure. Actually, like I found that every good thing that I've done in this sport has or has its origin in a moment of failure or suffering so this year after my marathon I was really after the marathon I did in in April uh, I did a road marathon went great I ran 216 which was my goal and I accomplished it but after that I was really struggling to find myself um, to recover and uh, to start training again for trail and mountain running which was the plan for the summer and basically, uh, I trained well the whole summer, but I think the results in races didn't really show the good work and the potential that I that I had. So it was a bit frustrating. Um, the main goal for the summer, which was Terzinal, didn't go well. Um, it was uh, very disappointing. But I don't know. After that, I just tried to pick myself up, um, took a short break from training, went up in the mountains for some just relax, enjoy some time in the mountains, spend time in nature, and then went back home and started training again. Um, I was actually planning to run the um, World Mountain Running, World Mountain and Trail Running Championship, which uh, were going to be in Thailand, but they will be postponed until next year. So after this race was canceled, uh, basically the Golden Turf Series final uh, became my final goal for this for this season. and. Uh, I knew that I had enough points to go because I was ranked in seventh position. After taking fifth place in Mont Blanc Marathon, I did uh, 14th place in Cerdinal and second at Kim Gao Trail Run, which was the, the fifth stage for this year Golden Trail Series. And it was like after Kim Gao that things started to you know click a little bit and uh, turn for the in the right direction for me, I started feeling better and I started, you know, having those good feelings while out there in training, um, feel powerful when running uphill. The only thing that happened that was kind of concerning is that uh, one month from the final, I broke, I broke my left wrist. So yeah. that was something that I, you know, you had, I had to kind of adjust the training and the, uh, um, it was not easy, super easy to handle, um, but somehow I did it. And maybe it was also, you know, things sometimes come unexpectedly. And maybe it was good for the mind to distract myself a little bit from 
the focus I put on training, the, you know, running hard all the time and having to achieve some times and splits and workouts and stuff. Instead, I was just trying to, you know, listen to my body and pay attention to my wrist, not taking too much risk because, you know, if I, if I felt that it would have been a big problem. And that's basically how it went. I went to the final. I was, my mind was clear. I just wanted to have fun. Um, the place was absolutely beautiful, amazing environment, uh, good company. I just wanted to enjoy it. And on race day, I had one of the best days of my life and uh, I won. So <laughs> maybe you can talk a little bit about like, uh, like how the, ra the race went. I mean, uh, maybe people were following on, on Instagram or their live, uh, which was yeah, uh, they, really they, amazing actually. But, but yeah, like how do you, do you feel like or how the race went for you like in your heads what 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 were you thinking you know when you were doing that last final downhill to to the town and you were seeing you know maybe okay i'm going to i'm going to win this you know like how how is your mind feeling about it even before that how what it was crossing your mind when you were on the start line you know you were there like surrounded by basically the best trail runners of some of the best runners in the world about to run a final. Um, you know that training went great. You were feeling fit and strong. Um, but what was going on in Francesco Spupi's little mind inside? What was happening there? Yeah. Yeah, the training over the last month, I, I must say, went really well besides the, the wrist accident. So I was confident, definitely confident. I was fit, um, you know, just standing on the start line next to Stian Angermund, Remy Bonnet, uh, Fred Tranchan, all these guys is, is super inspiring because they're so strong. They have such cool stories and it's just great. So first thing, I was grateful to be there to enjoy my final race of the season. Then the race started. I was just looking forward to go. Um, the race started. I We basically um, took, I basically took the lead quite soon. Uh, I was running with Stian and Remy on the first climb, which was uh, 1,100 meters of elevation in 5K approximately. So a BK. Yeah, <laughs> pretty tough. Uh, we took the lead and um, I was feeling very comfortable actually until the top of the first climb. Then the downhill came and I knew- How long? What? How long it took you to get to, to it took you guys to get to the to do the this VK? I'm not sure. I I have to check on Strava, but um, probably under 40 minutes, I guess. So it was pretty good pace. Were um, you sorry? Were were you were you checking like splits, or you had some splits in mind uh, before the race? You were you were trying to hit certain times, or you were just like trying to race? No, I was just listening to my body. I I tried. Uh, I had a chance to try part of the course, but it was just the last 10K, um, the days before the race. So I didn't know what to expect in the first part. Of course, I looked at the elevation and um, I had some people telling me what the course was like, but then it's different to experience it uh, by yourself. Um, then we, like, we ran up to the top of the first climb, beautiful place, uh, black volcanic sand. Then we went through a, really really 
amazing for us. That was my favorite part of the race, definitely. With it was me, Remy, and Stian. And then the downhill came. Um, it was like super steep. Uh, one section was almost 50% grade, so very steep and technical. And I knew that would be my you know weak point. Uh, one first thing because I had to pay attention to my wrists, so not take too much uh, too much of a risk. And then I'm known for not being super good at technical downhill. <laughs> so I was just trying to, you know, um, limit the damage and uh, don't let the others get too much of a gap. I was passed by a few runners, but then I passed them again on the flat section right after the, the climb. We basically ran a couple of kilometers um, on, the, on the seashore on a road. And then when the second climb started, I was again third place, um, just a little behind Remy. Stian was in the front. And from there, it became like super hard because it started, the heat started, started to take a toll. And it was really hard. It became really hot. And um, heat management and hydration became the number one issues of the race. Um, I think it was from there that the race took um, a pretty different direction from the first part because the first part we were comfortable. It was uh, we were not under the sun. The temperature was still pretty cool. We started at nine a.m. Um, so you know it was about pushing, about pushing quite hard, uh, trying to stay in balance for a four-hour effort. But after that the condition changed uh, quite a bit. So it was much more about, you know, surviving, who survived the best um, and less about how fast you're going. And so from there, uh, it was basically, um, yeah, me, Remy and Stian keeping position until the second downhill where Thibaut, Thibaut Baronian from France came back. I ran a little bit with him, and then we started the third climb of the day, third and final climb. Uh, me, Thibaut, and Stian together. And we basically ran the whole climb together. Uh, maybe someone was a little bit in front sometimes, someone was a little bit back, but kind of together. Make a bad decision. Um, yeah, the adrenaline. It's all yeah, the time. like the adrenaline. Um, the fact that you're tired and your mind is not super sharp. So you just, it just happens that you make a mistake or you take a wrong turn. And that's what happened to Stian. I was actually very sorry for him because, you know, maybe the race would have played out in a different way. Maybe we would have got to a sprint finish. I don't know. Um, but it was like, you know, after that, I was pretty much going, I was pretty much confident that I could win the race. And in fact, I, I crossed the line in first place and it was uh, Thibaut who was second, uh, three minutes behind. And then a super strong Norwegian guy, um, Anders, who took third. Um, so that's how pretty much the race played out. So you weren't running a scare the last kilometers. You were confident that you had it, you know, that, that you had the win. Yeah, I wasn't too scared, uh, but still, I was looking behind a little bit. I think the video shows. <laughs> yeah, you can never in, in in such a 
deep yeah. level of competition, you can probably never really relax until you, you cross the finish line. Yeah, yeah, it's not a super relaxing sport, you know. You can always make a mistake. You you can fall. You can put the, the foot in the wrong place. Anything can happen until the finish. And so you just have to be careful and yeah. run the, the, until the finish. The thing is, like, in, in this type of races, like, you can make a mistake because uh, you don't have enough, enough, you know, time or kilometers to, to make up for it. Like, for example, in an ultra, if you are having like a rough time or something, you can just uh, keep going and maybe eventually you will find yourself and you will pick it up sometime. But, but in here, you know, five kilometers from the, from the finish line and you do, you take a wrong turn and that's it. You know, you're not coming back to the front. Yeah. yeah basically these races are always decided by a matter of seconds, not even minutes. So it's really important that, you know, uh, you don't make mistakes. You save as much time as you can. For example, at refreshment points, everyone just grabs his bottle and goes. Um, it's not like in an ultra that you stop and eat. And it's much faster. And of course, it presents different challenges compared to an ultra. You agree, Moi? I I agree. <clears throat> I just wanted to give some context here. I'm looking at the I'm, I'm like looking at your profile and like the splits and stuff. We're talking here of a race that is 36 kilometers long, with 2,758 meters of elevation gain. Insane. Um, that's yeah. That's no um not a game and the time it was three hours and 58 minutes so yeah it's basically we're talking of nine thousand meters sorry nine thousand feet of elevation gain um in a in a little bit more than than a 20 miler and so that's that's you, you, you are you are either going up or going down basically there's no flats in between yeah there was just a little bit of flat in between the first downhill and the second uphill and then at the bottom of the second downhill so it has those sections it was everything was super steep um, I have a question for you, Francesco. So I, I looking here in your Strava profile, I see that you use the Nightera Kiger Seven, yeah. and and it's a pair of shoes who have that have thirty six kilometers on it. So did you use a new pair of shoes for the race, basically? Um, no, like I, I think that uh, I didn't update um, my Strava shoes uh, often um too often it wasn't a it wasn't a, a new pair of shoes i had used those for Serginal, for example okay okay um an internet an interesting thing is that they got almost completely destroyed by the volcanic <laughs> rocks and oh, sand sure. are super sharp and they just killed the shoes like any type of shoes i've seen yeah, yeah. people with basically no more shoes at the finish or just it, running 36k so the volcanic I'll, I'll, sand and rocks are terrible for the shoes um my terra tiger did pretty well um i was satisfied because there is no problem for grip of course because um 
the terrain is not slippery at all. Um, I always felt comfortable. Um, but yeah, basically you just have to plan to throw away your shoes after the race. <laughs> <laughs> it was also nice seeing your race American style, like without a backpack or without like the vest or something. You were just with a, you know, with a singlet, with some short shorts and that's it. Because uh, all the Salomon guys were, of course, wearing, wearing the vest, you know, wearing the soft flask and, and all the gear, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had gear because it was mandatory. So I had a trail belt, but I, I don't enjoy running with a backpack um yeah I actually i don't i don't think i've seen you with a backpack never right or have you ever yeah i don't really enjoy running with a backpack and i guess that is my road running uh you know background or attitude <laughs> whatever yeah. um yeah i do carry a trail vest or backpack for training sometimes um but uh, for racing i i prefer to to keep everything in a trail belt We, 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 will, have... we will leave the backpack for, for whenever you decide to run the UTMB in a few years. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually have a lot of questions uh, regarding nutrition for, for your race. Maybe for we can sure. talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, mm -hmm. people, people were really, you know, interested about how you manage, one, you know, running so well with the heat and humidity. Like, did you do any type of, like, uh, training or heat training before the race or... Or are you are just like a good runner under those conditions? Yeah, so I didn't train specifically in those conditions that I found it during the race because I actually didn't think it would be so hot. Um, where I live, which is uh, in northern Italy near Como, uh, summers are pretty hot and humid, so I'm kind of used to those conditions when I'm at home. And I'm not training in the mountains, which is, is pretty common in the summer. So I'm used to the heat. Uh, I also actually remember um, a training day that, that I had um, the, the one, about, about one month um, before the race. And I was already wearing my brace because I had broken my foot uh, not long before. And of course, I couldn't go out cycling, so I decided to do a bike trainer session under the sun at midday uh, in the playground in front of my house. And it was pretty hard because I, I pushed a little bit um, on the bike trainers. I sweat a lot. And it just came to my mind during the race. Um, hey, you know, guess what? Maybe that training... Uh, that training under the sun saved the day. And I don't know if it made a difference, but I like to think uh, that it did. And even if it didn't physically, maybe it made a small difference mentally because I believed I was prepared for the condition I found. Yeah. And like, how about like people wanted to like know specifically, you know, how did you manage your nutrition for, for racing? Like, How many like carbs per hour? Like how do you do with electrolytes and how do you carry all your stuff? Because you were saying you were just um, having like a belt or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll go through that. Um, so I'm not too scientific uh, when it comes to racing. Um, part of it is because the races are rel relatively short. So as long as 
you eat well the days before the race and in general during your, your training nutrition on race day doesn't make that big of, the, of a difference like in an ultra where it's crucial of course um so like before the race i was just making sure i had enough um carbs and glycogen storage to be yeah, what's, to what's your typical like breakfast like that this, that was also like a question like your like your typical pre-race pre pre-race breakfast yeah. is just something very little small um i had like a a couple of slices of bread and some yogurt uh three hours before the race and that was it and some tea to to drink but i i try to eat more the days before you know when it's um three four five days before the race i try to of course reduce a lot the volume and intensity of the training and uh, always eat complete and hearty meals and make sure i get plenty of of calories and then during the race um i usually plan to eat um of course it's always energy gels i plan to eat um like first time after 40 minutes and then up and then every 30 minutes to 40 minutes. So depending also on where the refreshment points are, I plan to take a gel. Um, and this time I think I ended up taking six gels. Part of it was because I was like super thirsty all the time, uh, even though I was of course carrying water. Uh, there were just four refreshment points during the race, which is not a lot for a uh, four-hour race in such conditions. Um, but part of it is because I was hoping that, um, you know, liquid energy gels would help me with my hydration. It wasn't exactly like that, but I think they gave me at least some energy. Uh, and then with, with water, it was, it was okay. Like what, and what about electrolytes? So how do you do like with, uh, with all, yeah. especially there, you know, with the, with the hot, with the heat conditions and stuff like humidity. Yeah. So I, I only drank water except from a refreshment point, at kilometer 25, where I took, um, a soft flask with electrolytes. So just, um, sodium, magnesium and chlorine, like the basic stuff. Um, because we were of course sweating a lot and it was important to hydrate. Um, but besides that, I, I only like to, to have water during training and racing. How much do you think you, in terms of like fluids, uh, did you, did you do for this race? Oh, it was, it was definitely a lot. I would estimate, um, maybe, maybe three liters or maybe more three to four liters i guess yeah that yeah that's i don't remember crazy. exactly how many flasks I, en I ended up picking i know that like after the first hour i just tried to drink as much as i could in every refreshment and chance that i had um you have sorry sorry before before maybe you said the question you have to be constantly reminded you to drink or is it more natural for you to just drink whatever you feel thirsty um well I, I must say it's very natural so i don't i don't need to remind myself hey it's time to drink um during this race it was just thirsty all the time uh 
basically finished the flask as soon as I picked it up. So there wasn't much planning and thinking. Um, but on a normal race, I, I think I'm pretty good at hydrating. I've never experienced like big problems due to hydration, like cramps or stuff. Did you, um, so you talk at kilometer 25, uh, a soft flag with electrolytes and, and like basically to, to get back some minerals. The, the thinking behind that is based, it was basically, um, okay, so after 25K, I already sweat a lot and I need to like get back some of the, the, the salt and, and minerals that I have been losing during the first half of the race. That's the, the, the thought process behind it? Yeah, that's the thought process behind. Uh, there was actually my coach at the refreshment point at kilometer 25. And I like quickly spoke to him uh, that I was really thirsty. So he just gave me that bottle uh, with the electrolytes. And he also handed me a, a cap, a white cap that I was wearing for the final part of the race. Uh, because, you know, heat management is crucial in such hard conditions and when you're pushing to your limits. So I think that maybe made a tiny difference because it helps, uh, of course, not get too hot on your head. Well, and yeah, and, and you, you managed to, to run a strong that last climb and get to the top uh, while like other athletes were like suffering from, from the heat. So the bike yeah, I mean, I in, was, in the sun. I was suffering a lot too. Like a, it was one of the most painful races I've ever done. And definitely <laughs> didn't yeah. enjoy that part. But you know, in the end is always who manages the suffering better. And it turned out to be me. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, because you make it look easy, maybe. No, no, no. It wasn't easy at all. Like <laughs> there was some point where I thought I I'd lost the race, you know. Um, it wasn't easy. It was it was a big struggle until until the very end. Um, yeah. And how do you how do you keep up? You know, let's say you're you're starting a climb. There is a stand, and then there's Thibaut that arrive, and you're struggling, and you are digging deep to keep up, and, and maybe they look strong, and and and, and you're like, hey, I don't know if I can like hold it like to this pace. I don't know if I can keep going. How, how do you manage that? Because when we get tired, we judge ourselves, and we also like our our brains start playing this game of like, yeah, maybe it's not the day because. Yeah. Our brain wants us to stop basically like like hey like chill like go go to the beach you know like why are you putting me through this pain how do you manage that yeah that's 100 true um so for me racing um getting close to the best effort i can produce is a very personal thing so I try not to compare myself with the others, uh, even during a race. You know, you're surrounded by people running as hard as you or maybe harder. But you have to run your own race and just listen to your body and try to stay in balance for as long as you can. There is always going to be a moment where, like on a, on a good day, on a, when you do a great race, when you break your limit and there is a be a 
huge suffering, a huge pain coming and a difficult situation. So for the first part of the race, I think it's all about staying in balance the, as much as you can. And even if the other guys are, you know, pulling away, pulling away, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to run your, your own race, of course, trying to stay in the race, but always listening to yourself. And then after, after a while, it gets hard and you just try to hold on. I don't know. Um, you're prepared because you train. So that gives you a lot of confidence and also uh, fitness to, to be there. And I don't know. It's, I think it's this um, push and energy that we, we all have within ourselves that pushes us forward. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah this, like this. The, the mental training. That's definitely like like having positive attitude and just staying within your limits. I mean, at least the first half, like staying within your limits and then just give it all. Oh yeah, positive positive attitude is everything. Like if if we are not willing to take that effort, that pain, um, if we're not, I'm not saying enjoying it, but willing to to go through it, to experience it, then I don't think we can pretend to have a good race. You have to be ready to suffer. That's true. Yeah. You have to be ready suffer, to dig, basically. Yeah, suffer in a good way, even if it's oh, yeah, yeah. but in a in a good way. We must not be scared by pain or suffering. Pain is your thing. Um, I have another question, like in, in the nutrition topic, people were asking, you know, what's your favorite go-to like after a race like this? Or what's your usually the thing that you are craving at the end of this hard, hard race, you know? Yeah. So let me guess. Let me guess. I mean, I will say gelato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. I mean, I don't usually crave any type of food because I don't prevent myself from eating any type of food during the preparation, you know? So like even during when I'm doing like big sessions and I'm focused on the training, like, of course I eat healthy and I pay attention to my nutrition, but if I want to eat gelato, I will eat gelato. And if I want to eat chocolate, I'll eat chocolate. So like after the race, it's not that I'm craving to eat a two pounds of gelato or three pizzas or whatever. Uh, yeah, of course I eat, I eat a lot, but it, it's pretty natural. So that's my question. My what about like, like pizza or pasta, like a good Italian guy? What do you prefer? Um, man, it's so hard. Like good pasta, if you go in Southern Italy, it's so good. But also Napoli's pizza is unbelievable. When you say when you say that you eat a lot, um, if if we were roommates, yeah, um, the three of us, um, which we're not, uh, I guess our grocery shopping it will be like out of this planet. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Because like I have I have shared a, like a lot of time with Max, and we can eat like quantities of food um, oh, yeah. that like you cannot imagine. So. Yeah, 
the three of us. It, it would be, I mean, we, I mean, it would be a great house to have a sponsorship from a from a grocery store or something. <laughs> totally, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, on the other topic now, and more about like training and racing, um, I have some questions to you. Like, first, like you were saying, like you are really strong on, on the uphills. You know, like uphill is probably your strength. So how do you work to improve, you know, in the things that you are not so good, which in this case, you know, is probably technical downhill and stuff. Yeah, so you keep trying and trying. Basically, um, downhills are a matter of um, coordination, strength, and experience. So like the more you do, the more you get better on technical terrain. Um, I guess like at the end of the summer, I, I've had, I, I've done enough downhills to be, to improve a little bit from the year before, you know? So, and also I think that like when you're fit and your legs respond well to the changes of elevation, um, the technicality of the terrain, then it's easier to, to run downhill, even if you're not the best of the of the field but do, do you do any specifics like for example for this race did you do anything really specific knowing that the, the downhills were going to be like long and technical mm -hmm. so i i don't do downhill uh reps for example or super specific downhill workouts i just try to you know for example during long runs not to avoid technical downhills or steep downhills and maybe try to do a, even small sections, but you know, try to let it go and go close to race pace. Um, just try, experience new terrains, new type of trails, um, get to a place that you don't know, so you, you don't know what to expect on, on a downhill and keep practicing. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome because I I think a lot of people struggle, like mm -hmm. some of them struggle with uphills, you know, and and of course other people struggle with downhills. But in the end, it's it's about I think going out there and just don't be afraid of pushing a little bit, you know, and being like um, not in your environment, like pushing out out of the box, you know, and just giving yourself an opportunity to to improve and and also like knowing that it may take some time before you see, you know, results. Like it may take a season or maybe even two seasons to oh, yeah. feel better at, you know, going downhill faster or, or on the other way around, like going up uh, faster. Yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely do more uphill workouts than downhill specific workouts. Um, but that's just, um, it's because of the type of athlete I am. So everyone is different. Um, I probably should work a little bit more on downhills. And it's something that I would like to plan to do for next year, for example. But everyone is different. You have to work on your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, so for me, it's worked uh, quite well to, to train like this. And uh, so far, it's, it's okay. Awesome. Um, also, like Pascal, you know, another friend of our of ours, um, 
ask it like, how do you stay injury free when training lots of fast kilometers on the road? Like you were saying, you know, you have this training yeah. block getting up to the marathon, putting in like big workouts and, and big miles overall. How do you manage to stay at least the majority like injury free and then transfer all this, you know, to, to trail races and like mountain running? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I think, uh, in this, um, my coach really helps. Um, so basically you've always got to have a good base, um, in terms of volume and strength that I usually do in the winter. So that's why I encourage any runner in, with uh, well, um, either in vert or not to like build a very good base of miles, mileage uh, during the winter and pay attention to the core and strength and conditioning um, during winter time. And then on top of that, you can build uh, a specific preparation with big mileage and big workouts for example, the ones that I did for the marathon without getting injured, which is one of the priorities when training. Um, so of course it's been a gradual buildup um, that I've been doing over the years. Um, five years ago, I wasn't running as many kilometers as I was running this year, for example, with the help of my coach again. Um, But yeah, that, that's basically how I've managed to stay injury-free. I've done so many hours in the gym, so much core and conditioning workouts. Um, I've been gradual not to increase the mileage too much on a weekly basis and from year to year. And that's pretty much, there is no particular secret, I guess, like in any aspect of training, just stay consistent. Like and during the winter, like how many sessions like, like conditioning you would do? Like, I don't know, like average week. Um, maybe like two times in the gym um, and one core session. So maybe three, even three times a week. While in the summer, I reduce a lot um, because I feel like um, when you're already doing a lot of elevation up and down stuff, you don't need a lot of um strength and conditioning it's maybe enough to keep a the habit to have like a core 20 minute core session on a weekly basis and that's enough i guess yeah i think it's a, that's like a really good point because um, a lot of the time you know people coming into the sport they think it's all about running you know it's all about you know getting your long run mm -hmm. or maybe doing some specific training for uphills and then you realize like, yeah, you don't have this base, you know, they never have done any strength training. And of course, maybe it doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym and lift weights and stuff. But uh, I think it's really important to, 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 to realize that like building this base, and I don't know if it has to be during the winter or during the summer, I guess it depends on your season, but um, it's important to have some time to not rush it and then to build up gradually until you hit, you know, this time of the year that you want to spend more time, you know, of course, running trails and running mountains instead of running, you know, or spending time in the gym. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And at the same time, I think, I think like we should not get obsessed about strength and core training because um, you just have to do the right amount. Strength is a, 
a very interesting topic uh, related to training. We need to do the right amount because even if we do too much, that will slow us down in, when running. If we do, if we do too little, uh, we increase the, the risk of injury and we are not going to be, we're not going to perform so well uh, in, in the mountains. Yeah. Um, and maybe on this final topic, of, sorry. Go it's ahead, all about go balance. It's, it's just, just wanted to add that it's all about yeah. balance. Like, Find your balance. And, yeah. And it's just being consistent with it, you know. Um, there is, there is, like, you can always do something too much. So uh, you can run too much and you can do too much strength and you can do too much core. Um, so don't go to any extreme, I think it would be the advice, you know, try yeah, to keep that's, it. That's why I don't think yeah. you have like a structure training plan or yeah. a coach as a, as a reference to make sure you're doing the right things. Yeah, and keep it simple. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the topic of racing, do you have like a favorite distance to run? Like, for example, because even in the Golden Trail series, you have races up to like a marathon or even maybe a little bit more. And then you have like this 20K, which may seem like it's not such a big of a difference. But then, you know, actually it is because, uh, you yeah. know, running 20K less, uh, it, it makes the, the race totally different. Yeah, so my favorite race uh, is Cerzenal because it's the most iconic and has the most history, the most, the greatest level, the best champions have all, have all run there. So that is the race that inspires me the most that I really dream to win one day. Um, I was on the podium uh, five years ago, so I would like to, <laughs> to be back soon. Um, in terms of distance, I think, um, yeah, I, I really like when it's between 30 and, and 40 or 42 K, um, probably because I'm, that's, that's the distance where I perform the best. Um, but I think also short stuff is, is a lot of fun. Like when you, when you push hard, even for an hour, like in classic mountain running, it's it's a lot of fun because the feeling of speed i just i just love it <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i think that's it man like we have covered a lot um yeah and maybe this is like the classic question now like like what is next you know or what what do like francesca do after winning the final of the golden trail series are you like in a break or running or right now yeah have anything I'm enjoying uh, my off season um i haven't been running since last sunday um i will not run for 20 days at least i think a break is like super necessary for at least an elite an elite athlete after a long season after so many training sessions and miles and races it's good for the body it's good for the mind i encourage uh, everyone to to take a short or long break whatever after this season because it it allows you to regenerate. So right now I'm enjoying my, my time off from running and, you know, just working, doing different things. And are are you, friend. are you biking or are you planning on biking or doing something else? Or do you just like, 
Yeah, maybe you know, I'll cycle a little bit, but just for fun, you know, no training, no. I will I will not think about training for three weeks. Um, maybe if the weather is good over the weekend, I will go for a bike ride on the lake with my girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. But just if I feel like. Yeah, but parentheses. Yeah, because like Francesco going for a bike ride with with her girlfriend is not like a random bike ride because she she's very <laughs> strong on the bike. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. I'll have I'll let her be on the front so I can be drafted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think it's. Um, there is, you know, it's, 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 it's not easy to pick the brain of, of a champ. Um, and it's also not easy to express like all of the things that happen um, or that you go through um, after a whole season of like, like highs and lows. Um, but you close your season like in the best possible way. And probably you didn't even imagine it like that uh, mid mid-August, you know, when maybe you were struggling with like motivations and stuff. Um, so what it would be for you, just to close and to wrap up here a little bit, what it would be for you, the big lesson of this season, of this year, now that you you have had like close to a week to think and, and, and process everything that happened, what is for you your big takeaway? Yeah, so from a technical point of view, um, to pay even more attention to rest uh, because I believe the key for this season was not resting well enough after I did the, the marathon in the spring. And from a mental point of view is like, even if you're, you know, you're an elite runner and you want to go to a race to perform and maybe to win and you expect great results all the time and to be performing pretty much all time. Um, that is not always possible, of course, and I know it, but never lose like the fun aspect of racing, like always enjoy the experience, go there to have fun, then the result will come, but it's not the number one focus. You know, you get, you go there to enjoy the experience, the race, um, the other athletes that are running side to side with you. And I think if you go there with, with a clear mind, then it's just better for your, for your experience. And in the end, even for the results you get. Yeah. Awesome. Like having, having fun should always be like priority number one. Like if you're yeah. not having fun, then, then just stop, you know, and kind of rethink what you're doing. So I think that's a great lesson. Like, uh, and super applicable to, to all of us, even yeah, not in just trail running, you know, like in life, yeah. if you're not having fun. Yeah, sometimes stop. we just don't remember, like we know it because everyone knows it's important, but we don't put it into practice or we don't remember it. So I think this year will be good for me to, you know, start the next one uh, with this feeling and with this, thought in my mind that I want to pay attention to that's awesome thank you so much man like thank, thank you, you for giving us the time and give us like all the details you know of, of your amazing performance so I'm, you, I really appreciate it feel free to reach out and ask more questions or more insight I will be 
I will be glad to share. Awesome. Yeah, you can reach Francesco in Instagram. And uh, what's, your, what's your Instagram, Instagram handle? Frappuccino. Frappuccino. So yeah, we can we can I guess like a like a proper podcast we can leave the links below you know we can leave the the, the links at the description cool. so we can cool. we can leave all the information and the stuff so people can write us and like it's like forgive us if this is not the best first experience but we are trying you know like to, to have fun here so I think uh, this will improve maybe in the future but uh, but yeah like overall I think this was the best experience to to start with this type of conversation. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Have fun on the trail. Ciao.